Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello and welcome to another episode of Box Trek. I'm your host, Matt Brady, joined today by Jake James Lugo. JJ, I've seen you over on TikTok, man. Loving all the stuff. I then followed you. you on YouTube and everything, and you're just like cranking out content. So mm-hmm. how is it going, man? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Nice to meet you, to chat with you like this. I think it's cool because I've seen you. Obviously, I've watched your stuff on TikTok because, again, when we're scrolling through the For You page, stuff, things just pop up. And sometimes you just start interacting with people. You start liking stuff. And it just kind of just grows on you over time. Yeah. So this is fun. This is cool. It's great. It's great to meet more people within our space, you know, and just to, like, interact in a, in a fun way rather than just the craziness yeah. of social media. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, t- TikTok is such a, it's such a wild uh it's like the wild west out there still you know Facts, it's just yeah. like you like something and then it just and then suddenly the next thing you know everybody's just popping up in your feed and i'm just seeing it and i'm just like man i look on your your tiktok page and you're just cranking out a videos about like all sorts <laughs> of stuff and i'm like wow he does not just you're talking about retro and all this stuff and i was like we have a lot of the same interests and everything so i was like i got to reach out and uh, i just wanted to see if you come on and yeah. we can chat some games and just whatever so what, yeah. however however it goes so what we're going to be doing today uh is just what i call game chat where we're just going to talk about three games that we're just playing or have played recently it can be any game sort of what we're playing maybe what we're enjoying you know just whatever so mm-hmm. i'll go first just sort of kick it off here mm-hmm. and um you know this is the year for zelda tears of the kingdom yeah and so my goal was to to, was to go back and replay all the zeldas in order to get ready uh Mm -hmm. and i started that journey at the beginning of last year that didn't happen uh (laughs) but i did get to that plan uh uh, yeah that did not happen but i have gotten through um a couple of them and oddly the one i'm going to talk about today which i uh sort of finished uh just just like uh, like a maybe like a few weeks ago was a link to the past good and game. honestly good, solid one solid game it's it's like i've talked a lot about zelda on my channel and on tiktok and everything but i it's so weird because i've i i guess i i missed a link to the past growing up right mm-hmm. i would say that my journey with zelda really sort of started probably well it actually started with zelda 2 although i really had yeah. no idea that that's what it was because zelda 2 is like its own 
Yeah, it's like and an anomaly in the series. It's like the black sheep of the whole series. <laughs> yeah, so I remember playing this game, like Legend Zelda 2 on the NES, yeah. uh, you know, like my cousin's house, my aunt, you know, my aunt's house, something like that, and not really thinking anything more about it. I had no idea what Zelda 1 was. It's, you know, before the internet, it's the 90s. Yeah. And then, you know, the N64 came out, and I didn't have an N64 initially. Uh, I was a PlayStation guy. And so I remember going over to my one of my buddy's house and we were playing we were playing Smash Brothers mm-hmm. and there was this character in it who I was using. And I was like, who's this guy? And he had because I was a Sega kid, too. So Sega, then to PlayStation. So I wasn't as big into Nintendo and his name was Link. And I was like, OK, cool. And then they had a little section where you could go and look up information on who yeah. these tell you characters- what's up tell you what games they were in even on the one from the n64 i was like oh this is that guy from zelda 2 well that's cool so i totally skipped link the past and then ocarina of time came out and majora's mask and everything but for just whatever reason you know i played link's awakening i just never went back and played a link to the past so i played like all the other zeldas just whatever reason so having gone back and played it sort of recently man uh Mm -hmm. like ashamed at myself for having missed (laughs) you know a link to the past growing up because there's so much about it that i get now and it's almost i almost have this like sense of loss having play having like played it not for the first time but really like diving in just playing it sort of without a guide just to really sort of dive in and experience it for what it is Hmm. and of course i now have the advantage of having played so many other zelda games that i'm much more familiar than if i had played it when it initially came out and it was would have been new but yeah. man, it's just sort of this like sense of loss of like, wow, I really think I would have enjoyed this as a kid, you know, back mm. when you didn't have responsibilities and didn't have all these Simpler things. Simpler times. You could just, <laughs> just in the summer, you know, play games. And so, yeah. So mm. now that's just kind of uh, where I'm at. So I'm guessing you've obviously played. Yes. Played it. Uh, yeah. So, so I reviewed it a while back on my YouTube channel because at some point I went back to the older Zelda games. I did Zelda, the original NES Zelda. I did Zelda 2 and I did Link to the Past at one point. And the original plan for me was to continue onward because I was going to do Ocarina of Time. I was going to do Majora's Mask and eventually Wind Waker. But time with everything because right. I do so much content like every single week. You know, I'm playing different games all the time and things, you know, new developments have happen other games come out that i have to give attention to it gets a little crazy but one of the things that i will say about link to the past you know having played it in full because i i was first exposed to link to the past years ago when i was younger like in the 90s or late 90s i want to say like before the nintendo 64 came out because i had a friend where we used to do this thing when we were younger where we got a console you know on our family and stuff but we always had friends that owned other consoles so sometimes like if I was the Genesis guy, which I was, I was a Genesis kid growing up. I had a friend that had a Super Nintendo and eventually another friend that had a PlayStation at some point. And so I ended up getting my own PS2 down the line. And I would go to my friend's house every once in a while and he would have a lot of the big classics for the Super Nintendo, including Super Mario World, which I still think is one of the best SNES games of all time. Oh, best yeah. Mario game of all time. Uh, Link to the Past, Donkey Kong Country. Um, I believe he also had Final Fantasy II, if I'm not mistaken, or the Super Mario All-Stars like collection. One point he had a bunch of them like that. And that's how I got exposed to a lot of them, including Link to the Past. But I never fully appreciated it back then because I feel like everybody at some point, whenever they're playing games, especially if you grew up with gaming and you have like, you know, that in the whole like upbringing with video games in your life, there are certain games that were probably big deals back then that you don't really understand that how how big they were until later on in life. 
when you either get to play them or when you get to hear other people talk about them or expose you to elements of them, which I felt a lot of that about the Super Nintendo library. Because again, coming from the Sega side of things, there were other games I obviously didn't play during my youth. Again, like Super Metroid was another big one. Right. Chrono Trigger, I didn't play until much later on. I didn't even play the, the PlayStation port of that you know, until much, much later on. I played the, I believe it was the DS port at one point where I really sat down and just played through that. But Link to the Past is one of those games I feel that doesn't get enough credit for how much of an influence it had on Ocarina of Time and other Zelda games that came afterwards. I feel like once you get to Link to the Past, that's the prototype or that's the archetype for the modern Zelda game, straight up. Because even in uh, Ocarina of Time, the, the three gems, getting the master sword, you know, even elements of like the, the dark realm, you know, the diff, the duality of realms and places that you visit Ganon, at least, you know, the way that that stuff plays out the, the cold open, or at least the opening where it's like, you know, you're, you're running around with Zelda at the very beginning. And so before things start to really get crazy, a lot of those elements and a lot of those things you could find in many other Zelda games that came afterwards. And it's a, it's a really, it's a game that gets a lot of praise, but it really deserves a little bit more credit for a lot more of those nuanced things you don't appreciate till later on in life. Yeah. I also don't think people really realize looking back now, um, you know, when you're looking back at like the super Nintendo library, I mean, it's really difficult, I think, to even begin to begin to sort of compare games to it because it's just so much more in depth. The story is so much more involved. I mean, outside of the big RPGs on the Super Nintendo, it's really difficult, I'd say, to find a game that has as much going on in it as A Link to the Past. There's just you just sort of lack like well, A Link to the Past is more linear than the two games that had preceded it obviously yeah. you know the originals really open um i think it's still fine because the world is is huge in its own right i mean you have hyrule and then you get to go to the dark world there's secrets going back and forth i mean i mm -hmm. can't even imagine what it would have been like to have played that one. Oh, you need Nintendo Power straight up, like back yeah, then. Yeah, I mean, there's just no way. I mean, it's just yeah. it's crazy. You know, it does replaying it was kind of getting bringing me back. You know, to um, I don't know how old you are. I'm, you know, I'm I'll be turning. I turned 35, and uh, oh, you're my age. Later, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you year. go. You're my okay, age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same generation. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, exactly. So you know, it's like remember you just remember back in those days of like riding on the bus and mm -hmm. you know you're in school and everyone's like oh dude you got to do this or you got to do this you know this you this is mm -hmm. before you know like even good dial-up where you could get online and it's like pre-internet this is all pre-internet mostly right and even if you did have the computer and it, like computers were crazy expensive yes you know until you hit around like 98 into like 2000 i mean computers yeah. were expensive and a lot of people had dial up until like 2007 you know what other people, people don't, people don't really realize that you know what people also did because i did this for years up to the point where my family got a computer go to the public library and use mm -hmm. the actual terminals there that's where you actually had access to both the computer and also internet that's how i played runescape for a long time oh, yeah, that's aol yeah. to instant messenger that's how i got exposed to all that and then sega sages which eventually turned into igm right. which you know right. That's how it all starts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I took I took computer classes in high school um, just so that I could like look up. And I was like, I want it to be my first period because you get in and everyone's sitting on the computer. So I'd have like extra time at school to like go to like it was, you know, like old like this is I mean, IGN was like a thing, but there was other websites like gamers.com. I think that just like disappeared and or turned into something you know um games radar, com, games radar games, games radar used to be cheat code central 
It was mm-hmm. uh, it was like a just a here's webs here's cheats and stuff like that. And you'd look them up, and there was all sorts of stuff that people wrote on there that had that weren't true at all. <laughs> Complete nonsense, right? The like <laughs> the was like the one in Final Fantasy where it's like you can get the Bronco, the little ship, right, and and go fly it again, or you can get Aerith back. It's like no, you can't. Like you know, but that was it was the Wild <laughs> West out there. But yeah. yeah, so yeah, so yeah, so that so a link to the past, right? I mean, obviously, you sit and talk for hours about how great yeah, that game is, is would, immaculate immaculate game yeah but i would say sort of my biggest takeaway just from re from sort of really diving into it and beating it for honestly like the first time is just yeah i um i don't know maybe it's as i as i get older i find myself becoming maybe for nostalgic for games i didn't really grow up with like you know you just go back and sometimes you play this game and i just sort of think of like man this game would have been like perfect for me when i was a kid and this is this is one of them um because i think you just look at you know it's not like today where you can just get on steam and you can go buy any game you want right like you only had certain games you only had certain systems you only had whatever uh growing up and so i don't know i just felt this sort of like wave of nostalgia even playing this game i never really played yeah growing up but absolutely obviously it's amazing it deserves yeah. all of the yeah. credit that, that game is that immaculate. Is. It, it's it's a fantastic game. I think I still personally think it holds up even now. Like people, like if you want to show the better parts of the Zelda series, that's one of the games I feel like you give them in the top five to go play. You know, like mm-hmm. if you're gonna get away from new releases coming out like currently and stuff, and you gotta go into your backlog and stuff, that's one of the Zelda games I would tell people to play because it's so. To me, I still think it has its issues here and there. Like I think there are certain sections and certain points where you definitely need a guide to know exactly what you need to yeah. do or where you need to go. But like when you really kind of like get engrossed into it, it's an awesome fantastic game definitely an iconic one of that console yeah absolutely okay well all right hey i'll toss it over to you what you mm-hmm. know what's one of the games you've been playing recently so i'm gonna go more modern than than the one that you suggested now i'm actually gonna talk about jedi fallen order because i actually Ooh. went back to jedi fallen order not so long ago i played and beaten jedi fallen order the ps4 version because i did a whole video review of it on my channel where i got into huge detail with that game but getting ready for uh, Jedi Survivor very soon at the time of recording this like a month or so away give or take and I went back to the PlayStation 5 version that went on PS Plus to go check out the what is it the challenges that you get from like the save points and stuff and it just got me thinking a little bit more about that game and thinking about like modern Star Wars games going into the newer ones coming out which is Jedi Survivor and whatever else we're going to get from like Ubisoft and afterwards what makes Jedi Fallen Order so good to me and so Uh, such a standout is that it's one of the first or probably the only modern star wars game in the ea era that really stands on its own two legs that doesn't have anything previously like holding it up you know to give it attention like battlefront or like battlefront really battlefront 2 battlefront 1 etc but also even squadrons i would argue because squadrons also has the legacy to live up to with not only the x-wing series but also the rogue squadron series which i think that a lot of people were comparing it to but with jedi fallen order this was something different it borrowed a lot of elements from the Soulsborne genre, from like Dark Souls, Bloodborne, etc. And you could even throw an Elden Ring in there. But with this one is that it took that concept, which is so notorious for being difficult for people, but really kind of like streamlined it and put it in the Star Wars universe and made it interesting. It made it just fun to be part of that because uh, real talk, I don't like the Soulsborne genre. I, I really have a, a strong, not hatred, but a strong antagonistic attitude right. and vibe to that whole genre for many reasons. Like th- there's good aspects to them, but like 
at the time when I first played Jedi Fallen Order, I really wasn't feeling that genre at all. But this was the one that really kind of got me to like rethink my stance on it and really kind of like appreciate some of the better elements, you know, for what they were. And again, I like Cal Kestis as a character. I like his backstory. I like a lot of the reverence that that game had specifically for Star Wars lore and the timeline and the place in the timeline where it actually takes place because it's post... Um, it's post Order 66, like a number of years after Order 66 and prior to the events of A New Hope and Kenobi and stuff. So it, it has a nice spot and also has a respect for the lore and, and the canon while also just giving us brand new stuff that fits nicely into everything. And I always thought that that was a really cool thing. That was probably, and again, in my opinion, the best EA Star Wars game that we ever got within this modern era of Star Wars games. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what's interesting is you actually just stole the one I was going to talk about, but that's okay. I can swap in something else because, yeah, I actually just started a replay of of this uh, Let's Play over my Star Wars uh, channel. And, yeah, it's honestly, you know, I think when I first played it, I guess I don't know why I actually didn't like it as much as I mm. am now, like re replaying. I thought it was good. Um, of course, you get to as this what, Zepho or whatever the, the planet uh, is. Dathomir. That's the hard one. <laughs> yeah, Dathomir is... Yeah, Zepho is the one where you have just like terrible backtracking. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> true, and so true. it was just one of those things where it's like, God, the backtracking in this game is awful. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, honestly, it's really good. And the ending is so amazing. Yeah. The story, awesome. once I got to it, I really appreciated it. But I just didn't end up go, never like really going back, diving back in and playing it. So now with Jedi Survivor coming out, I actually just started a Let's Play of it and replaying it is so much fun especially because i'm playing it on pc and i'm going back and adding mm. like lightsaber mods and yeah you know, out, out, outfit mods and everything like that and replaying it and honestly sort of now that i know what to expect you know going in and replaying this game it is actually a lot better than i think i sort of remembered and mm. maybe it's just because my you know rose-colored glasses causes me to remember like oh the story elements are awesome but god some of the middle is just like a little weak but mm. replaying it now, I'm like, no, actually, this is really, really good. Like the storytelling, the uh, motion the writing's capture, great. everything. The writing's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And now that we get to see, now that I've get to see a little bit of what Cal's story will be like going forward and Jedi Survivor, it's really interesting to go back and kind of look and be like, okay, what's, you know, what's actually going on here? What clues did they already potentially have looking at this? Because... I think one of the interesting things I remembered from this game was, you know, one of the main plot points is they're searching for a Jedi holocron. Yeah. That contains the names of a lot of the people who survived order 66. Well, yeah, four sensitive kids, basically. Right. At that point, when that game came out, we didn't know, because I think it came out in 2019. So it came out before yeah. rise of Skywalker and before the Mandalorian. Yeah, it came so, out. Yeah, that's right. Actually, I think it came out right because I think 2019 I was when it. I think it came out in, it, just before, like a few months before Rise of Skywalker, and because Rise of Skywalker and was December, December. So this would have yeah. came out, yeah, before. So at that point, we weren't really like, okay, whatever. It's just this star wars does this because they need to introduce new characters and hey guess exactly. what it's another jedi who survived order 66 right mm -hmm. you know okay here here we go going again. back to it <laughs> <laughs> here we go again but i guess now we didn't realize oh hey that in the kenobi show obi-wan's gonna find this wall with like quinlan boss's name written on it and all these jedi who may have survived order 66 and how that can tie into something mm -hmm. and it's like okay now it's getting a little bigger 
now it's getting a little more interesting. I mean, obviously, Jedi Fallen Order is so good that in the Kenobi show, they were like, hey, we're just going to rip off the entire plot. Exactly. The whole section there in that show the whole... ripped straight from the game. Oh, my God. Like, so over my, over my Star Wars channel, um, yeah, we, I was, like, going off about how I was like that episode of Kenobi. I was like, it's, second sister it's, Reva. I yeah. have, I have Part literally have video. I literally have videos where I'm like, it is frame for frame, mm -hmm. the same thing. And it takes place at the same place, like five years later in the story. <laughs> Don't get me started. I like aspects of Kenobi, but I, yeah, I think I know. overall the whole, I feel you <laughs> overall, overall the whole package. I have, I have some, uh, you mm -hmm. know, I, I have some, I have some issues with, I feel you. But uh, yeah, so regardless, I mean, the game is still really cool. You know, I think Malakos was a really cool sort of that was a cool idea. Fight. Yeah, as idea for a villain. Vader might have been a little much at the end. I mean, it was awesome to see it, but it's it's kind of like, I don't know. Sometimes I think about, you know, like, do we need Vader? Does it sort of, I mean, it's great for the game. Game-wise, it's great. It was an but awesome I guess in terms surprise. Of, for what it was at the right. end, it was an awesome surprise. Yeah. Yeah, so for the bigger Star Wars universe, though, I'm like, ah, you know, should we should we save Vader a little bit, right? You know, should he be this thing? I mean, when Vader's going one on one with like Kanan Jarrus a little bit there, and you know, and and Rebels, it's like, okay, come on now, Vader's supposed to be awesome. But then at least in Kenobi, we got to see him be like stupid powerful, which is great. But yeah, I mean, overall, the game um, is great. I think I was also when I first played it was kind of. And for whatever reason, maybe comparing it a little bit to Force Unleashed, where I was like, you know, that's the kind of game where you really just well, go that that's in takes, and, that but takes the force really far. Right. And it, but yeah, it, it, they're, to it they're totally different. To yeah, it was yeah. easily compared to it. But what I liked about this one is that again, because it borrows elements from Soulsborne stuff, it makes a lot of the worlds around you, at least you know that part of the Star Wars universe, feel very intimidating. Because like you know, Cal goes up against a lot of these like giant creatures and stuff like that, and like you have a lightsaber, that doesn't mean that you're going to totally own these things. Like they could still like brutalize you in that same way yeah. that you would see in a Soulsborne game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that the sequel. Just looking at the trailers we've already seen, I think Cal's going to be quite a bit more powerful in this yeah, more to game. Do. Yeah, and I so I think it'll be like one of those things where it's like maybe if this game, maybe if this turns into a trilogy, which I think is maybe what they're going for. I kind of hope so. I wouldn't be it'll surprised. Be one, yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be kind of like when you go back and play Arkham. Like when I, I last year I did a replay of all the Arkham games, mm. and it was kind of like when I went back to play Arkham Asylum for the first time. You know, it's like Asylum's the one I never go back to. I mean, I, it's it's obviously City's you know, where it's at, though. Yeah, but yeah, City is my favorite, <laughs> and then and the night and even Origins. You know, the combat just evolves so much more as the series progresses. So when you go back to Asylum, like, oh yeah, I can't just really like fly around. I can't, I can't do this. Not that the game, the game is still like an absolutely amazing game, yeah. but I think that'll be kind of the thing here too, where we'll remember the first game like oh the first game had a really good story but it'll be like this next game which is where it's like oh the combat's more evolved everything and it'll be really so it was it was a jedi survivor is an amazing first step into whatever this yeah is going to become 
yeah, I can't I can't wait to play it uh, again. I got it on pre-order and stuff. Funny the the funny thing for me is that I, I have a perspective. I know someone who's working on it. That they're one of the people that have been doing some cool stuff. That they've kind of given us some insight in it, and it's giving me more excited because I know there's even more time and effort that went into this sequel. That obviously, you know, with Jedi Fallen, even though a lot of time and effort went into both games right. stuff, but like seeing what worked and what didn't work, what could have been approved from the first game, now going into this one, I think a lot of Star Wars fans are going to be very very happy by the time we play this. Yeah, I, I, have, I have no doubt that it's going to be an absolutely amazing, amazing game. Okay, well, uh, I guess thankfully I did have a backup, uh, mm. so, I, so I, I still have two more <laughs> things I can, I, I can, uh, I can dive into here. Cool. So I guess you know, November had a big game release, and I just I haven't had the chance to talk about it here on on the podcast uh, mm -hmm. yet. And one of maybe your thoughts on this too, because I'm guessing you probably played it. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I didn't play it, but I did Whoa, get some yeah. insight into it because I skipped over this because there's other games that I was excited about, you know, for the end of the year that I wanted to play. But I have been looking at some stuff, like obviously the starters and everything that right. people have been sharing and such. Yeah, so I have to say it is in some ways the most disappointing Pokemon game I've ever played. I heard the frame rate was bad on it. It's real bugs, bad. Glitches, it's, presentations it's, all it's, messed up. <laughs> yeah, it's in some ways it's it's so disappointing, and in other ways it's like it improves some things so much that it's like I don't ever want that to change in. Hmm in Pokemon. So, you know, I mean, obviously the huge changes to it. It's sort of the first, I guess, open world, um, Pokemon, Pokemon game, which in some ways is good. Arceus, I thought would be Arceus would be the first open world quote unquote. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess mainline mm -hmm. in the, in the main mainline core, yeah, true. right. In the, in the main, in the main core. Um, but here you can pretty, you kind of can go wherever you want, like from the get go Arceus, you still have like a kind of lengthy tutorial and you're kind of, mm -hmm. Um, this it's like it's pretty open which is really cool in some ways i like it and in some ways i don't you know i think it's more difficult to sort of compare say like pokemon with being linear and say zelda with linear because mm -hmm. zelda is linear but there's still a lot of secrets along the way there's a lot yeah. of other things pokemon i kind of feel like benefits a little bit more from being linear in that some of the some of the the way ways in which you progress in Pokemon, like really when you sit down and you sort of think about like the Pokemon mechanic, it's almost like each new area feels like a new step in the right direction. It feels like a new yeah. challenge and it sort of gets progressive along the way here. Not some things kind of scale and some things don't. So mm. it's like kind of weird the way, you know, the, um, I think sort of the way they do it. And it felt like every new region you went to be uh, sort of mattered. We're here it, because they open it up. It's kind of just like, okay, well, I'm actually just looking for the gym. Like, see you later, which mm -hmm. isn't, you know, which sometimes is the case, depending on how powerful you are. Sometimes it isn't. So I think it's like just the idea of the open world in some ways works, some ways doesn't. It's maybe it's just new and it's mm -hmm. like, haven't spent enough, haven't spent enough time with it. You need to see it fleshed out in a couple other games. Uh, 
You know, you know something, bringing that up, that kind of reminds me that the same type of effect that I guess you're starting to see more often now post-Breath of the Wild, because Breath of the right. Wild was the exact same way for the Zelda right. series, where Zelda, like you mentioned, is a lot more linear for, for all extensive purposes, where you could deviate and do side quests, but like you're still going on a path like that. Right. And Pokemon, ever since Pokemon Red and Blue, whatever, has always been like that. Even Gold and Silver, which had more areas to go to, but it was still like you were on a guided path, even though you could do multiple things in there. I think what happens is, is that we're we're so kind of like programmed with a lot of these series to kind of be like that. We Most mm -hmm. games are linear by nature. So, and even with open world games like a Grand Theft Auto or something, you're still going to the mission areas. You have a general idea of like where to go, what regions to visit first, or what areas you should be visiting first, as opposed to just going off and doing everything on your own. It's not like in Mega Man, where Mega Man, you could argue, is a little bit more non-linear compared to most other games where you could do the robot masters in every single order that you want even though there's a preferred order you're not tied to that specific order you could go to whatever right. place with these games because of how like certain things don't scale i still feel like you lose that element for it and it kind of makes yeah. it a little bit more difficult to kind of yeah. deal with stuff like that yeah and i think the other i think the other difference is sort of sort of compare it to uh, i'll take xenoblade for example so i would say that the difference is in pokemon because everything is sort of type based you can go get a like t level 20 electric and now it's like because you do run into regions and there are stronger pokemon in in certain regions of the game of the area you, area is playing but now there's no more random encounters so yeah. everything is so everything is just open so i, I can just skip it and you know go mm. get this um and now, you know, it's not like back in the day where you had to wait to get fly or you had to wait to get surf. You can just kind of go, uh, you know, do whatever and you, you can unlock a point and fly there. Um, so that's I guess that's like the, the open worldness to it is just mm -hmm. something that I don't know that it's necessarily good or bad. It's just different. So other yeah. things that are some other things that they did change that's really cool is now they have. I guess kind of in a way like there's three main categories like it's no longer just only the gyms now you have these titans which are like big pokemon you got to go fight and then that sort of powers up this legendary that's running with you that you can use as like a motorcycle and like fly <laughs> around and swim and all these different things so like it's kind of cool that they did sort of start to include that as well as the team i forget i you know i don't even remember what they're called in this because they're not that they're not that important <laughs> um they're not like team rocket or team magma yeah, yeah yeah so it's like now they the you know whatever team rocket uh you're you're fighting against in this game which i'm just blanking on unnecessarily um now so like those are like your three things which in some ways is like okay i can make that my focus now is like to go knock out that quest path if you want and then this other one, which I think is actually kind of cool because especially like the Titan thing that they added, because now it's like, OK, I'm going to go fight these like huge versions of it, which would be sort of equivalent to like the raid battles you fought in Sword and Shield. Yeah, um, but they're out in the open and you can and you can see them. So like that's a pretty cool that's a pretty cool addition. The just being able to do the battles with the Pokemon, like you just walk up and then they do it. Um, of course, I'm sure that caused frame rate issues, which is probably on the bad, on the bad side <laughs> for whatever reason, I guess. Mm -hmm. But um, the concept of that, I think, is is cool, you know, uh, going forward. I, I still think I'm OK with random encounters. I kind of feel like Sword and Shield to me was the perfect blend of everything where you have here's a here's a big area you can go to that's open. 
here's this um and you can you know figure it out how, how however you want i mean obviously then the bad the bad thing is just the frame the performance is yeah. so i heard that's a big big problem <clears throat> with that game that that they, yeah. they really got a bad blowback from many fans yeah. about and it. it's the the i guess my my issue with the performance isn't even that like it'd be one thing it'd be one you know so like Think about this for a second. The Witcher Three runs on the Switch. Yeah, fun, okay. funny enough, some black magic yeah. got that game yeah. to run. <laughs> Doom Eternal runs, runs on, on the, the Switch. Switch. Exactly. Right. It'd be one thing if you were trying to load these like massive open areas, but honest to God, some of them are like deserts, which there's nothing in, and it's like a field of brown. It's mm -hmm. like, how can you not load this? Like when I'm playing Xenoblade or Breath of the Wild or some of these other things, I think honestly. It was just more than game free. It just wasn't up. Right. I think it's just I just don't yeah, I just I just feel like it's just not maybe it's because they did RCS and Brilliant Diamond and Pearl and this, and it was an, it was like a lot for that for that team. Maybe it's a small team, right? I mean, you True. know, sort of I guess unfair to put all of those things on them. There, there's no like clothing options, like you're just kind yeah. of stuck to like two or three, which in Sword and Shield, there was tons of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's just there's a there's a lot of things they change. You constantly the it feels like the first 10 hours is a tutorial in this really? game. Like, like it feels every every time you go do something new, it's like you have to sit through almost like a 10-minute like video, like not video, but like a cutscene. Uh, you know, that you're where you're just clicking through the text to, to get through. So it's I'd say it's a swing and a miss for 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 this game. And honestly, I would if you haven't played it, I would avoid it. That, that's what everybody that. keeps telling me, because like I usually get to Pokemon games late, like the last big Pokemon game, like mainline, I guess you could say Pokemon game that I got into was Sun and Moon. Cause I got right. that for my, for my uh, 3ds and stuff. And I think that was fine for what it was. Again, it's a Pokemon game. Like, I feel like right. you don't have to dive into those games. Like day one, you don't always have to, if you're big into Pokemon, you're going to do so anyway. Like one of the big ones that I thought that was good. That was a spinoff game was Pokemon tournament. Cause I just talked about that recently. And I yeah, got, I just, big, I, just, I got I big, just into that. That. I got big, big, big into that ever since it first came out on the Wii U. And I've been playing it like here and there on yeah. and off and stuff. And I think sometimes now Pokemon has gone to the point where it's like, you know, they could start experimenting with a lot of different things offsite with its outside of its like mainline series and such and see what other things could work to actually start get uh, getting things to go concurrently like that. But I even feel like maybe at some point, maybe Scarlet and such will get updates to the point where maybe things are a little bit stable or they'll just completely drop it and move on to what's next. Because yeah. I feel like this one had such a big blowback and it's so it's so uncharacteristic of of uh the pokemon right. company when you really think about yeah. it because it's, it's not like they're always putting out garbage games because even most of the pokemon spinoffs aren't always that great like i mean we right. got pokemon stadium we have pokemon tournament uh pokemon mystery dungeon which are all great for all their stuff right. but then you get some of these other ones like some people have never even heard of like some random pokemon oh, yeah. on like the ds or something or conquest that was one i, I know some people like conquest but it's like you know which you one? Never thought <laughs> what was the one they put out? Oh God, I played. Uh, was it? Is it Pokemon Quest? Was it, it? Was like a? It was on. It was a mobile too. They released it as like a free. Not Pokemon uh, Go, but um. Nah, oh my I God. think it was Pokemon again, so Quest. Many. Oh my you know goodness. what? I got. I have my switch right here. <laughs> I have my. I have my switch right here. I will look yeah, it up. There's man, a I play... There's a cafe there, game. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was the cafe game. But man, I went hardcore into that. I'll. I'll. I'll look it up here. But I think it was Pokemon Quest, and it was a mobile game, and it was free, and it was like a tap-based game. Mm. It was just really. But I mean, I got like hardcore into that. But I will say, 
Pokemon uh, Pokemon tournament was one that I really have always wanted to play for whatever reason. I've just never I've never picked it up. But like I'm a big 3D, I you know Soul Calibur, Street Fighter, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's always it's always one that's been that's been on my list. So I, I still you may pick crazy? it up at some point. You know what's crazy about that? And and they kind of dropped the ball. At least it was Bandai Namco that really dropped the ball. They could have kept going with DLC with that or did another iteration of that because the concept of it is cool. The biggest problem with that game is the balance straight up. Like, cause I played it a lot and I used to play a lot with Machamp and stuff. And it always felt like certain characters just didn't have an answer to a lot of other tools that other characters had, which is very important for fighting games. Like you always want to have balance, especially for the competitive scene like that. Cause there was like a competitive scene for Pokemon tournament for a time. And then it just dropped, you know, because yeah. at some point, like there's not much else that could be done if the company's not going to do anything else with it. But I right. really do hope they one day revisit that actual that actual concept because i thought it was cool again when we yeah. got the dlc for dx for the dx version we had blastoise in there which was like really out there right. like there was all these other things that they could have done yeah i got into pokemon unite for a little bit mm. and i That's don't i will one. say yeah i will say i um i like mobas i haven't really i've got really into like heroes of the storm I never played League and these other things. So when, when it came out, I was like, oh, it's on the Switch. I can play it. I played it pretty like solid for about like two weeks, you know, like and then I picked put it down, put it back up and then uh, just moved just just moved on to the other thing. There's just too many games. You just can't keep up. I, I, I really believe that. I think also the Pokemon crowd are the ones that are diehard Pokemon that usually get Pokemon everything and stuff. They're just certain genres. That I just don't think they resonate with. They resonate with RPGs because that's what Pokemon is. It's like the first right. like true streamlined JRPG for most people that isn't final fantasy but like when you start branching off to things like outside of that or outside of like you know pokemon snap or outside of pokemon the trading card game stuff you start getting into these other genres which might work for it but like that core crowd that's like always stuck with it or the real core like audience for that series i just don't think they're going to care about all that stuff a lot of them if they're playing a game like that a moba they're already playing leak why go to pokemon right. Unite at that point Right. Yeah, I think it's hard sometimes to to try and say, hey, we're going to do we're going to take this genre and we're just going to license it with our intellectual uh, property and, you know, see if it works. Mm -hmm. I think there's some things where it does. I mean, even, you know, you could say Blizzard did that where they're like, hey, we're going to yeah. make Heroes of the Storm with our characters. Like, is the Blizzard is the Blizzard cast of characters really that strong on its own? Not I mean, really. really. They got good. Not really. They got great friends. They've, Diablo. Yeah. <laughs> Diablo's oh, that, yeah. that series, but still like it's not yeah, like. I, like iconic where it's like you could get like a smash brothers s type of thing going for them right i mean even playstation tried it yeah. i do think if playstation tried it again i feel like they could pull it off they, they their problem was at the very start of it number one they they tried so hard to be not like smash brothers and everybody right. wanted them to be like smash brothers and number two they right. dropped the studio that they built to actually make that game right. they just completely disbanded them and it's like you know games like that or again fighting game franchises and competitive scenes need time to grow and like you need right. content to support it. And PlayStation has franchises they could have pulled from to make that game still keep going. And they just chose not to. Yeah, I know. I did. Did you ever play? Um, it was on. I think I think it was on PS2. I know it was on Wii because I have it for Wii. Uh, but there was a Ninja Turtle Smash Brothers game. Yeah, I forgot the name Smash of it, it was called, but I did play I that. Think called, I think it's called TMT Smash Up. It, it was very uh, similar to the Nickelodeon All Star Brawl game. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was good. I remember, I remember playing it. The the difference though was that you, of course, now they've added this to Smash Brothers since, but they had a um like a health bar which you could yeah knock people out of. But it was actually, I mean, it kind of worked. And I've always thought that the Smash Brothers style 
of game could work so well. And, you know, I mean, hey, somebody has actually pulled it off and that's DC. Well, not DC Warner Brothers. Yeah. With multi with multiverses. Exactly. So I think that it works. You just you know, you need a good core of like characters like i've always i've always thought that there should that star wars should do it like if you did star wars needs to stay away from the fighting genre period they they had a massive <laughs> l i reviewed that game from masters of terrascasi oh I, yeah one, I, I reviewed it oh yeah, yeah, yeah. far away from the genre. yeah <laughs> i should say that because there is a fan-made mod slash game that was made that was a force combat force combat that, yeah. that's pretty much like mortal combat that does that yeah. way for a 2d fighting game so it can work you just need the right, right mind and the right team to put it together. well i just uh i just made some shorts over my star wars channel about uh i just recently uh installed it through a ps3 emulation of soul caliber 4 where mm. you can play star killer and yep. vader and yep. and well yoda's in the 360 version yeah but uh i mean that worked there i mean i just but i i i do think i i i do think the smash brothers style the former of course yeah. Now, yeah i think really disney i think disney missed the bag by letting warner oh brothers yeah do hands down oh they, they could have been with that because <laughs> i mean you got because you could have had darth vader versus iron man and in their like, defense though so, in their defense disney did do disney infinity which was the right. platformer version of that, and they also did kart racers too because there's a lot of right. mickey slash disney kart racers that are exactly like that like mario kart right yeah it's just a shame that we just don't have more star Wars. like when i think about that i'm like man star wars would work just star wars alone would work yeah. for a yeah. <laughs> a smash Brothers style thing but hey warner warner brothers is doing it with uh mm -hmm. multiverse. have you played have you played multiverses oh of course yeah hands out yeah. i played that 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 same opening week when it first came out and stuff and yeah. it was fun it was cool it's just again you got with games like that you got to stick with it and especially right. if you don't get the free version with it you got to stick with it to be within that community and again a lot of those genres of games they, they constantly fall victim to the comparison to smash brothers because they just did it so right. well with that series like that's that's yeah. like the easiest comparison for most because nobody ever because really no really nobody ever tried it for a long time yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I think that's the difference is like, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, it's like nobody said, no, at this point we don't, we did back in the day, call everything a doom clone, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, you're, or everything was a Hexman is clone. a doom clone. That's literally but now like it's, in the but, fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> but now they're just, but now they're all just first person shooters because the genre exactly. has expanded. But I mean, really you have to think about it. I mean, Smash Brothers came out in probably 98, 98 99, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so then the next game that i can even think of that was somewhat close was that ninja turtles game that would have been like 2008 but that's yeah. like ninja turtles only then True. the next i'd say big one would have been playstation which would have been 2000 i don't know nine say nine at the earliest probably 11 or something no, I, think like that. Was, I think it was my a little bit later than that yeah later yeah so like yeah. probably 11 or 12 as you're it was sort of towards the, maybe the middle the middle to end to playstation library so i mean at this point smash brothers is still going so multiverses is the first one really that's that's even sort of sort of like cool. i mean there's been others right i mean there's brawlhalla and you know yeah. some, some other things but i think indie pogo. Indie, po indie pogo is another one that, that right. pretty much takes that same concept but puts everybody in it's indie characters from like various indie games but makes yeah, them right. like do like pogo sticks yes. like jumping yep yeah, yeah 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 that yeah that's right so it's just interesting man i would i would i i I think star wars it's alone would work of course i mean you just do it with disney because i mean Disney, a, Disney Smash, a Disney Smash Brothers game would be awesome. Exactly. I mean, Buzz, Buzz Lightyear and Darth Vader. Marvel. And all the Marvel characters. <laughs> yeah, Lucas because I mean, you could throw Indiana Jones and Willow in there too. Yeah, like, there's so many be, things. Like, it's just, yeah. Ridiculous.
It's be, be absolutely so insane. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. I don't know whose turn. I think it's your turn. It again. is mine. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. Start my number two. So, so technically I'm going to use one that I actually did a review for today that I actually published today was uh, the Lord of the Rings games. And I look at them oh, yeah. as one pair, which is both Lord of the Rings, the two towers and Lord of the Rings, the return of the King, the two hack and slash games by EA. Now there was other games based on Lord of the Rings made by various companies, including a fellowship of the ring game, but that was all done by different people. It's not the EA games. Funny enough. I even said in the review, uh, two towers originally before that came out they were going to do a fellowship of the ring game that was exactly like that but because they couldn't get it out in time for the movie stuff they just put all that stuff that they were going to do for that put it in the two towers and now you have that game as what we know the problem is at least i find is that i don't think these games hold up these games are looked at like with a lot of rosy uh, tinted glasses you know a lot of nostalgia and i understand it because when those movies were coming out those were the same type of vibes that people had for star wars when the prequels were out because you played the Phantom Menace game, you played the Clone Wars games or Attack of the Clones, you played the Revenge of the Sith game that everybody played because it was right before the movie. Same exact thing. The difference is, though, is that I find, at least with the Lord of the Rings games, there's a lot of, like, not revisionist history, but a lot of things that are just given a pass, technically-wise, with those games. Having gone through both now, and, like, again, I, I love Lord of the Rings. I love that series. I think that the, the movies are awesome. Not so much The Hobbit, but, like, the three Peter Jackson right. movies. But... Technically, those games, those were from an era where you could get away with stuff like this for a licensed game, no matter what platform it was. Because remember, these games were on PlayStation 2. They were on the GameCube. I don't think they were on the Xbox, the original Xbox. I'm not sure. Like that Two Towers and Return of the King. I I know they were on GameCube. People played the GameCube version a lot and the PS2. Yeah, I have it. I have them. I have both for the the GameCube. I think Return of the King, I think Return of the King might have been an Xbox. I'll take a look. Because I don't remember Two Towers being on there. I I do remember. Two Towers, I'm pretty sure was not. But but um the thing was is that I feel like technically wise like these games like there's a lot of problems with them there's a lot of collision and hit detection issues there's a lot of difficulty spikes there are things that fundamentally by design just are so frustrating especially towards the later portions of the game the second to last mission the penultimate mission of two towers like that is notorious for for being like almost unfairly difficult for the stuff because you have to face 14 waves of orcs that are coming at you while defending this one section and some of them explode and like you're getting hit yeah, off it's, camera. It's, it's it's brutal it's brutal and like return of the king is the same thing return the other problem i had with return of the king you find it in two towers as well where you get locked in these situations where you're constantly getting hit by enemies and there's no way for you to get out of them like you're unresponsive like your controls just don't do anything your character's locked in areas with the camera placement being weird and like little things that you just can't see that you're kind of just getting boxed in by enemies and like you know obstacles and stuff little things like that that are would not be forgiven in this day and age like that oh, even no. i would even argue in that same era with some of those games that were being done within that same genre we had other games that didn't have as many problems as though that just did things better there were still also action games or hack and slash games and it's like i think it just really these two games just got along on their names alone just seriously yeah. as like an ip because the lord of the rings and it, it was what it was back then yeah and you know i'm yeah i so i did look it up i guess actually they both i knew th- I didn't think uh, I was with you. I did not think two towers came out on Xbox. It says on Wikipedia, it says it did. I knew Return of the King did, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I I had them both on GameCube. Yeah. I've only seen Um, them on GameCube and PS2. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, but whatever. Um, Yeah. I, I agree. I think, you know, it's just, you go back and, you know, again, another thing where it's like back in those days, there weren't a lot of, at that point, there were actually beginning, we we had finally gotten to the point to where there were decent yeah, uh, licensed games. And I, at that point, I think we'd also shifted from the idea of, oh, this is a licensed game 
to like because you know at that point like there's spongebob games and you know there's like Ninja movie Turtle based game was a thing that was a right a whole movie thing. based games were a diff were i think even yeah. like another category to sort yeah. of to sort of move into and yeah there weren't really a lot of good ones at that mm-hmm. point but we'd finally gotten to the point where they were decent like you go back to like the playstation one and 64 era yeah other than like golden eye a lot of them were trash a lot of trash I mean, like I, you could argue trash, like, you, could, trash. you could argue yeah. though in the 16-bit era i would say like you did have licensed games that were based on films or tv shows that were pretty good i mean right. a lot of people point to stuff like again the super star wars series for obvious reasons yeah. even though again th- that's very debated because having replayed some of those games now and like how unfairly ridiculously difficult Brutal. they could be we had very different guidelines back then let me put right. this way for quality but even those <laughs> even those even those to be fair also so those like okay but star wars had existed for like you know that's like the, the early yeah. 90s right so it's different when oh hey a movie's coming out and they have to rush a game out which yeah, was often exactly. the case mm-hmm. so for these to come out and even be like decent mm-hmm. for the for the time i think causes people one i'm with you to look at these with a little more rose colored you know glasses and two there's not in general a lot when you when you compare lord of the rings when you think about how big and massive lord yeah, of the rings is huge. when you compare it to say star wars or batman or some of these other movie franchises which in reality it's just as big as there's not really that many lord of the rings games like yeah. it in in general a lot so, of them a lot of them are not really known like those are the two right. that everybody remembers but like the fellowship right. of the ring game was like an action adventure like rpg and even there was right. other ones like you know what was a good one there's a, a hobbit people... there's a hobbit game it's a hobbit game. The... Well, yeah. here's the one that a lot of people yeah. don't give a lot of credit to the third age which played like star wars battlefront that was that was literally their oh yeah, yeah. Star wars battlefront like and, and it's yeah. like nobody really yeah i mean not it. yeah it's not really until like the shadow of mordor games which are great yeah. i mean those those, those, those are, are great oh, yeah yeah but say so you go back i mean you look at games that came out because, you know, a lot of games where they came out with the movie and this game, both of these games had it. The big deal was, oh, hey, we're going to show like clips of the movie. Exactly. In, Revenge in the of the thing, and that was, the same thing. It was literally right. right before the movie came out. Yeah. Like it's the it's sort of it's sort of the selling point for it. But yeah, I'm with you. I think they're sort of because um, I re- I played. I I played two towers and I know the exact spot you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody it's, knows it's the toy. Yeah. Like it's so oh, bad. Man. I played it a couple a couple of years ago when I was um a lot more hardcore into collecting and mm-hmm. like you know trying get, uh, trying to build a collection is that yeah I I bought that I remember everyone saying oh this game's great this game's great but yeah I think it is by today's standards it's definitely rough around the edges at the time i think it's one of those things where it's like at the time it was probably like a seven out of ten and by today's standards it's like you go back and read some of those older reviews because i just looked on like metacritic just to get the links to go to see some and like some of the things that they were saying in some of those reviews like y'all really probably didn't play this game because some of the stuff i'm seeing that's like i got a problem with this are like in the first couple stages like there i can't begin to tell you when i was making that video review on those two games like how many times i wanted to chuck my controller in certain sections it's like just dealing with things that i knew wasn't my fault because of like just how it was designed and stuff and it's just like it it's one of those things where it's like okay you have to kind of put yourself like you had to check yourself at the door it's like okay this was done and and made at a different time where we don't have the same level of quality of like certain games that if it was made now we probably wouldn't see some of these things like that and also the difference in technology i feel like obviously the playstation 2 or the gamecube was very different than what we got from the ps5 or the xbox series x oh, like yes, there's certain things yeah. you couldn't do back then that it's that's why sometimes it's a little hard for some people to review retro games or at least when you see 
people that review retro games, you can usually tell like who's been doing like, you know, critique on retro video games for longer than who else. But it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, you check that at the door and you understand like, okay, this was on this console that was capable of this thing. Like there's a certain leeway you could give it. But then there's that one point where it's like, you know what? Like they, like enough's enough. Like, like this is just bad by design. It's just frustrating and annoying. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like a hundred percent, uh, in you know, in in agree in agreement with you on this. That yeah, I just mm. I, I you can tell. I mean, by by today's standards, these games, they're you know definitely a little rough around the edges. But I'm even trying to think of like other games. In all honesty, that were I mean, obviously, Revenge of the Sith is really good, but sort of in that era. Batman Begins. The, Batman one? Begins. I, that's yeah, that's another. One. That one's that one's actually incredibly underrated game. Mm. Uh, I think it's just so. Right, because when people think about when people think about Batman games, they just like, well, the Arkham games, right? Yeah. Um, but man, Batman Begins, if you go back and play that game, uh, and same thing had had footage of the movie. I think it came out maybe like a little, like just a little, just a little before. But it's it's another one that's actually like surprising. That's surprisingly good. Hmm, the Spider Man, the Spider Man, Spider Man one and two specifically. Like yeah, Spider Man one is is Spider Man one. I actually played a lot more of. I think that's another Spider Man game that's underrated because two came out and two is like. Two is like the, the greatest top, of all time. Right. Yeah. It's like getting the new one is like the best Spider-Man game. The ever, funny but. thing is, is like the ones that people usually go to say that are like really good, like, you know, movie based or license based games like that. Like you can understand why people say that for some of them, you know, at least right. a good chunk of like Spider-Man 2, like Revenge of the Sith or, or any of the ones that we mentioned. So, but then there's others that I feel like are also like good in their own right that are just get completely overlooked or forgotten. Like the Batman, the animated series game that's on Genesis. Mm -hmm. And so yep. not the Super Nintendo one, because the, the Super Nintendo and they're the different. Genesis ones, they're very different. And that was a, a thing with that time frame because there was usually licensed games on both platforms, but they were very different. Like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, though those are right. two very different. Very like different the one games. at Genesis plays like Street Batman Fighter. Returns. Batman Returns totally. is another. I love the Genesis Batman Returns. I think that game is highly underrated, and the soundtrack specifically is oh, highly it's really underrated. good. But but yeah. the Super and then Nintendo the Sega CD one, version of that game is like exactly that's like the yeah. Like, there's but the a Super lot Nintendo of, one is is they're totally different. The Super Nintendo one is amazing too. There, there's a lot of games that are like that that I feel like when, when you really go down the rabbit hole of like what a license based games is, you right. could find more gems than turds more than likely. Right. Even you could even go further back all the way to like Atari Twenty Six Hundred again with Star Wars again right. with uh you know going all the way to like you know uh DOS games and stuff like again right. you could find a lot out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh is it my yes, turn? Sir. I think it's my yeah, turn. My yes, turn. Sir, okay. Three, so my, yeah. okay. Yep. All right. So my number three, my last game. So okay. So this is actually another sort of uh this game came out. I think um I don't know when that I'll look up when this version of it of it came out, but it's gonna be the Tony Hawk Pro Skater one and two oh, the remake. Um yeah, the remake. So I okay. bought it when it first came out on PC absolutely Ooh. loved it and then i knew that it came out on switch but i remember i looked over because i'd always see it on sale and stuff like that and i was kind of like oh you know okay uh never picked it up and it just finally was on sale and i was like all right screw it i'm gonna buy it i'm gonna pick it up and the switch version and i'm actually shocked at how well the switch version mm. plays now obviously you cannot compare the switch version to the playstation to the yeah. right playstation pc version, <laughs> right i mean that's not even you can't even begin i mean the switch yeah. version is a lot more muddy whatever um, but it's great actually. The mm. Switch version, it's definitely a step down, but it's I mean, that's it's still a huge step up from the original uh PlayStation, yeah. you know, and sixty and sixty-four versions. And it's so much fun to dive back into it. And now, you know, 
I, a lot of times I'm actually fine picking up a game on switch, knowing that there's going to be a performance hit or whatever. Sometimes I look to see if it's like, is it still 60 frames? Is it 30 frames? You know, is that mm -hmm. like, is that big difference going to be, um, a thing for me? Cause I actually play switch. I'd say 90% handheld. Yeah. That's what um, most people are. Yeah, I think it's just like just because like if I'm in my office, then I'm going to be playing my PC. I mean, play, I'm, I'm gaming on my PC because that's hmm. why I'm here unless I'm like recording something or, you know, doing something else. And then I picked up a, a few like little handheld emulators like the Red Red yeah. Pocket, if you're familiar, yeah. uh, you know, with any of those. So it's like, OK, so then I'm going to if I'm playing some other games, I'm not emulating on my computer as often because I'm playing, you know, on that. So my switch is like 90 percent handheld yeah, um and then i've gotten really into finding alternative options to joy cons because i yeah you gotta get that pro controller and uh, i think they suck well, i love the pro controller but i actually picked up the um the retro flag oh yeah I, i've seen these before I, oh, a lot of people say they're really dope it's amazing if you don't if you don't have it it is i would say if you play in handheld because you actually can't dock it um, mm -hmm. Even I have like a third party dock where you can just plug right in. Mm -hmm. I have a few other joy cons that are like, I forget the name of the company, but, um, but they're there have like actual sort of grips in the back. You know, there's a bunch of those things, but this thing is freaking sweet because yeah. one, unlike joy cons, even like good quality, non Nintendo joy cons, I still always feel like even with, unless you're using like a grip, which I do also have, I have like the satisfied grip, my wife's uh, switch. She got really into Splatoon too, and mm -hmm. then my Switch became her Switch, so I had to buy it. <laughs> so I bought the OLED. So I bought the OLED. So it ended up working out. But you know, the Switch has. I still feel like they sort of bend sometimes a little bit, or you know, yeah, like, like 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 you, this. You when feel that? Yeah. yeah, you feel Look that. This, so this right. So these things, and I'm sure there's other ones too, but this one is like the GameCube one, and it's yeah. amazing. Um, one, it has like really sick triggers, has like the GameCube style, the uh, joy thing and like a C stick, uh, mm. right here as well, but it locks in. So mm. it locks in. So I'm just like, I don't know what it is, but it's totally just like changed. The, it's like, it's like the switch has turned into like a completely like more. Uh, you can play smash ultimate on that thing. and feel good. Absolutely. Yeah. It feels, <laughs> it feels, in, it feels infinitely more pro, you know, not that, not that I want to say it's the switch pro, but I mean, it's the OLED and it's the whatever. So yeah. But and the OLED, I think switching from the old one to the OLED has now caused me to like look at games. And I'm like, it's because the I will say the difference in the screen is enormous. Yes, yeah, that's what some it's people an, say. It's it is it is it is an it's way bigger than I thought it would be. One because it's the full screen, but the screen is seriously so much better that it's a incredibly noticeable difference. So even some games end up looking better. So with all of that said, now I'm playing Tony Hawk pro skater on the switch and i even know it's like i could play this on pc and it'd look better but it's just it's just such a great hey, experience yeah it's such a great experience and i mean tony hawk is so great i think actually it's perfect for the switch hmm. because your levels are like two minutes or whatever yeah, and very so short. now it's like yeah i can pop in you know go play go play a couple levels while you're on the switch which i no, mostly do like we're on the couch at night once we've done work and we're just hanging out you know whatever but then we have a dog so it's like okay gotta get up and you know, it's a, i have a puppy so it's like all right gotta, gotta do this gotta do that so it's perfect so tony hawk yeah. is like perfect for me to just okay sit down and play and play a little bit and obviously it's an amazing remake of some of the best games ever i mean tony hawk 2 is still the second highest rated game on metacritic ever uh mm, it's like really? ocarina wow. of time ocarina of time tony wow. hawk pro skater 2 is that the second, is a very is the top is the top two video games on metacritic 
that is super like random and surprising. Like I can understand because uh, the one thing I will say about the two Tony Hawk games, especially about the remake, the, the originals, those were a vibe. Like, I don't right. think that people, unless you were gaming a lot in that era, you're not going to understand like just how big Tony Hawk was back then. Oh, Go, yeah. The first, even, not even just the first two games, the first three, I would even argue like right. the first four games. Of that I main think the series. first, I think the first five, because for me, I feel like they progressively got better all the way to underground and then, and then I feel like under <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Underground 2 was a little bit of a drop. American Wasteland was kind of cool, and then it just kind of fell off after there. Yeah. Um, Once you got to me, board. <laughs> right. Bad. To me, yeah. Was, to me, Underground is the pinnacle of Tony Hawk. I think Underground mm. is 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 the best. But yeah, two, three, and four were all like two and three are, are they they were vibes back then, like because right. it was the soundtrack. Real the soundtrack helps make those games. Like the gameplay Absolutely. is fun, it's easy to get into skateboarding, far better than skate, in my personal opinion. I think that skateboarding as a Four works right. better in the game realm as an arcade style game where it's like right. it's not complicated to do tricks you're focusing more on just style as opposed to like actual technique and i think that that to me like worked out for those games but really the soundtrack of tony hawk one yeah like just superman just the, the yeah. whole thing the, that that whole again that, the that second was the, one on rage oh, against the machine you rage know against I mean? the machines like it, the music of that game it was part of the whole culture of skateboarding right. and like that alt like you know late that, 90s and the early 2000s culture it was really a vibe the x games was huge i mean it was the right place right time and the different like going from one to two was also like one again just what we talked about earlier with like arkham and some of these other things it's like yeah. man one was just such a huge game and when, when people say like there was nothing else like it, i mean there was literally yeah, nothing, nothing <laughs> else like it. i mean you had on the no, nes <laughs> there no you go game, not even like it was just it came out it was just like this it was a completely new genre really i mean extreme sports games existed but nothing like this there's only one game i could think of that was close to it and it was garbage compared to tony Hawk, and that was, was like the dave mira oh no, yeah but, dave I think, mira. but i think dave mira came out after yeah it came out afterwards that's what i'm saying like right. that, that was the only other one i could think of that was like there is another there's another there. skateboarding game is like thrasher skate and destroy oh yeah skate and destroy yeah but that wasn't like it was it wasn't yeah no it, it wasn't yeah, no, no, nowhere close. So, but then you go from Tony Hawk one, which is amazing. Great levels, everything, uh, you know, area 51 at the end, you unlock yeah. it. It was like the right level of like over ridiculousness, the top, <laughs> ridiculousness, but with like arcadey. So anybody could pick it up and there's still like really cool. when you're playing as all these cool, you know, skaters real and everything. Borders too. Real secrets, like there were mm -hmm. secrets and all this stuff. Then you get to the second game and the second game lets you not only create a character but create a park like that was insane like mm -hmm. now i can go make whatever i want and you could unlock spider-man and it was like yeah i was gonna say like a license characters like, that you get in there and then it got even more ridiculous in the next one in part yeah. three you play as darth maul yep it's like really crazy and darth maul and wolverine i think and wolverine yeah three. Right. and then four was Django fett and oh uh, somebody else iron man it's like great it gets ridiculous yeah. like that whole gets, series so much fun it, yeah it gets ridiculous ha but having said that they actually did kind of remake one and two on the playstation 3 i think maybe i think if it was on 3.6 it's called tony hawk hd and it was kind oh, of a yeah. remake but it didn't do as well and it didn't have like the same soundtrack and it was just like some of the levels from one some of the levels from two and it, but like mm. that was kind of it mm. um but this one's like not it's there it's it's not even close so this has 
all the original soundtrack of both yep. one and two plus yep. some more like modern stuff and honestly the the soundtrack choices like fit so perfectly like yep. you know you're still listening like superman and rage against the machine and all that stuff and then it's got like machine gun kelly um you know it and, and it's, it just it just flows so freaking perfectly and create a skater all the stuff the only criticism i have of this game is that spider-man isn't in it i mean that's it that's that's, yeah. that's but and obviously mind, they can't license you know why we got that because remember activision at the time of those two original developed games, the spider-man had the license games for spider-man exactly like and it made sense because that's cross promotion between brands and stuff but like again even without something like that which was a product of the time like that these right. games are still fantastic like if you knew if you yeah. were part of that era like playing them you love this game if you never got exposed to it then you still got a bunch of dope stuff to really kind of you know get an insight into what it was like back then yeah yeah they i guess i i've read that they there were initially plans to do the same thing with three and four but at some point they were scrapped i think because like activision is in the process of being acquired yeah. by microsoft and so they're like okay we gotta like wait and and you know review review some of that stuff so we may see it someday i would i i'd say i would what they should do is they should remake three and four and they should just do like even an hd re-release of of underground uh, underground one of underground one and two of course one of the biggest issues with this is licensing music yeah just because exactly that's got to be the biggest these, hurdle yep. yeah yeah i think everything else is probably is is all honestly and i've seen interviews with tony hawk where he's all like yeah i'm all for it keep it keep it rolling i mean if they especially sell because tony, especially <laughs> because tony hawk pro skater 5 was trash yeah so that's the yeah. reason why we got these in the first place to be honest with right. you because tony hawk's pro skater 5 was so bad on release like it was so like bugged up and just banged up like in the worst way possible that game was like irredeemable like it was just right. so terrible right it looked like a game that in all honesty and i think it was that was like 30 percent complete not even like it, like, it, it, it was it, really it literally <laughs> it literally like if you, you just go look up videos of it it literally looks like you're in a. I remember the reviews i mean seriously like, like it, it looks so like horrible. you're in a dev kit like there's no other way to yeah. describe like it's terrible terrible <sighs> so bad awesome okay what do you get what, what's your last game bro so my last game i i had to kind of think about this a little bit because like what would be like a really good one that that would make sense to end on it but i'll go back to retro and it's actually one that came out just today we could talk about well yeah just today yeah today specifically uh golden eye golden eye 007 oh, yeah. the the re-release both on xbox series x and s and also nintendo switch because i mean people love 007 people love and have a reverence for golden eye you know from the n64 that game helped make the FPS genre on that console. I don't think it helped really contribute a ton to the genre as a whole. When you really look at the scope of like the genre over the years, over different platforms, but it really did do a lot for people that wanted to get into uh, different types of genres for games, you know, for multiplayer gaming, split screen, split screen, multiplayer gaming, you know, in that era, I thought it was pretty good. It also, to me now replaying parts of it now, because I, I played a little bit earlier today. I did some video stuff with it for TikTok, and like, there are just certain things that like we take for granted now these day, this day and age right. in FPS uh, genre games. But like, it's still like, you know, it's, it's a time capsule from back then because this was like, you know, movie licensed games. It was a real big pioneer for most people for that genre on that console. It had a whole vibe to it. And again, the pause music, everybody makes a big so, deal about, yeah, which but... is so good like that. There, there's a lot of good, fun things to it. So seeing it get re-released in some fashion at a time, a lot of people didn't think was possible because of the licensing stuff, but it's still cool to see. I will say though, biggest criticism, which they have to change this at some point 
they need to put the online multiplayer on Xbox on the Xbox yeah. version of it. Cause for the switch, apparently from people that I know that have bought it and played it on there, it's garbage because there's hardly any matches they could get into. And it's like, right. this game feels like it was made for Xbox live. Like it'd be, it'd right. be like at home to play people online split screen with that. But right. you know, I digress. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I've, uh, I dove into it for a second today, but it feels no different than when I've uh, emulated it. But I will say I did um, actually uh, get this. They actually sent this to me. Retro fighters. Uh, yeah. Is, I have that same is, controller. Well, I have yep. the gray one of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's the gray one. This is the one that connects to your switch. Mm -hmm. um, I did a, a, a short and TikTok about this and man, oh my God, this thing. And I'm not just saying it because they sent it to me. It's, it's like I would never I'll I'll never play N64 without it because yeah. when you're emulating N64 I hate using an analog stick for it. I abs I hate using an analog stick to emulate the C buttons because it just mm -hmm. doesn't work as well. Especially like, when you're playing Ocarina of Time I'm like hold on a second. Like which way do I want to go this? like this instead of just right. pressing the buttons is weird. <laughs> so having so having the actual C buttons is so much better. And then of course this analog stick here yeah. is infinitely better better than the n64 than, than, than the n64 <laughs> so i like for me like the, my go-to n64 game which i play all the time and i play it on switch because it's he doesn't really use c sticks all that much um is wave race wave race 64 mm. to me is still like okay it's, cool it's in some of my top three like favorite games ever i play it all the time uh just i don't know why just addicted to it but it's like ha this having this like analog stick, which I know th that game actually emulates well. Um, but other games, man, you need like the C stick. If you go back and try to play some of the, uh, you know, WWE games, right? Oh, yeah. You want know, like, to you have play WWE events. You need, you got to use the buttons. And some games, it's just better to have those buttons. They were designed so for me, that controller. They were just made for that controller. Right. Yeah. For me, that's the case. Now, actually, oddly, Goldeneye actually had back then it would it's people do it like speedrunners use it um you can actually use two n64 controllers and really? yeah oh there's crazy there's crazy controller options for us and this existed on the n64 you can use two n64 controllers um hold on one second oh man that that's news to me because i mean i i whenever i played these games i've always just defaulted to the controls that they had on there i really didn't okay. mess around with the so controls. you can use i have two right here you yeah. can use two N64 controllers and play like this, like with like two wow. different things. It's it's wild, but speedrunners uh, speedrunners use it because uh, it's better for certain for certain levels and stuff like that. Mm. Because the biggest problem with Gold Knight is that you walk, you, you have know, to turn thing, <laughs> and you have to turn, but you're sort of using the C buttons to kind of either really strafe. So you really yeah. just have sort of walk and strafe. Now you have to hit the right bumper, which on the N64 controller there's only one. And that will bring up like aiming. Exactly. So it's definitely a little archaic by today's yeah. little, <laughs> little, <A> little. <laughs> but people just, but people don't understand just how insanely good. Cause again, we say nothing like it. I mean, to go from doom, which honestly controlled better to this was like, it's like when Tony Hawk came out not, there was nothing yeah, but you like know something the, the big contributing factor to it one was the James Bond license, which I think was a huge, huge factor for it because the most it, underrated it, soundtrack ever. Yeah, that. But but also keep in mind, I think what made this game really stand out is that especially the single player levels, besides the multiplayer, which was huge in its own right, the, right. the single player levels were pretty big and like they were recreating scenes from the Golden Eye movie, which I think the way it was done back then, you know, for the technology at the time was really impressive to a lot of people. I mean, right. jumping off the dam. The first time you do it in that first stage like that like again right. it's like you're actually doing it as james bond so it really stood out to a lot of people for that 
Yeah, I think also, you know, with the multiplayer, something people, I think people forget. And it's, I don't, you know, you know, today, I think we t we take it for granted because you can just hop onto like Call of Duty and Warzone and play it with like 100 mm -hmm. people or whatever. But there was a big difference of like, I growing, I had a PlayStation and like, and then I got, I, I got a 64 later in its life cycle. And then I had a Dreamcast, which had it in the uh, GameCube. And like the xbox but man the difference of like playstation only had two controller ports yeah, multi-tap weren't like incredibly easy to get because i yeah. had it's like yeah and they were expensive and you're a kid you have a lot of money man i can just if i have an n64 i can just go over to my buddy's house bring and everyone's like bring your controller yeah bring your own controller <laughs> bring your controller but on the n64 you can have four people just plug in yeah. like that ease of access that friction and, point, and there were right? so many games that did that again you had right. golden eye smash, Brothers, smash Brothers, Brothers. you had mario kart mario party you had wrestling games state like pokemon Wave stadium Race, all mario, of it so many different things that could work for that and again a lot of the for that console anyway was built around the idea of just getting together and doing multiple like games like that with other people yeah yeah it's it's, it's insane golden eye is is so good now i i, I think you just i i I don't know if it was old or not, but it showed up in my feed. I saw you talking about Perfect Dark the other day. Yes. And, um, Recently, you know, yeah. that's that's something people don't really realize because there was so, you know, there was Rare three, made the game. <laughs> right. There, well, there was there was four Pierce Brosnan um, Bond movies. movies. I don't yeah. think Die Another. I don't think Die Another Day got video games, but it maybe it did. No, I don't no, know. no. Because around he that actually, time Around yeah. that time frame, he actually had different games with him, that which was Agent Under Fire and Night Fire, which like Agent, Fire. Under, Under, Agent Under Fire technically is not even really a Pierce Brosnan one. It's right. really Night Fire was the game of that right. era. But they're both of those, both those are actually like yeah. pretty solid. Yeah, they're they're pretty solid. But so there was Tomorrow Never Dies, which is on PlayStation exclusive, and it's like third person, whatever. It's, it's okay. It's it's, it's okay. <laughs> In comparison. <laughs> right. And then there's World is Not Enough, which is like kind of I okay, actually like EA that developed it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then they're, they're, the PlayStation version is slightly different than the yeah. um, N64 one. So, but really, like the real sequel to is Perfect Dark <laughs> is Perfect Dark because Rare made it, and it's like it just expands so much mm -hmm. into it too. And I always go back and forth about which game is actually better because it's. I think it's one of those things where it's kind of like really perfect dark is the better game i mean if you yeah. really step back and you look at it perfect dark is the better game because the combat is so much more evolved you get the rail gun you get like the laptop gun which you can show up it like perfect dark is honestly insane to really think about like one it actually runs a little bit smoother than gold expansion pack with the expansion pack like it's kind of crazy to think that perfect dark is actually on the n64 when you talk about yeah. games that like pull the most power that's one of them from 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 a system i mean they squeezed every single possible ounce of power out of the n64 but it's just golden eyes got that 007 license yeah the license <laughs> could be very powerful james bond is a very popular thing globally like that but right. even so just the idea like even if it wasn't like the best bond stuff for that game just the fact that they were able to recreate some of those scenes from the movie because at the time it was so mm -hmm. popular back then like in the way that they did it, and it was actually good for a lot of people that's what made that game and then everything else just compounded upon it yeah and then the multiplayer you get to play as like baron somebody and odd job odd job you know <laughs> plays odd job um i guess uh they initially one of the things they wanted was to actually have different versions of bond exactly i was just gonna they, say yeah they couldn't pull it off 
there's a licensing thing, but it would have been cool because then you would have been able to play as like your favorite bond between all the right. ones up to that point with Brazen. And right. I think that would have been sweet. It, I yeah. wish they actually made a better effort to do that because I think if now these days, I think we could see something like that happen more like actually like easily come to fruition yeah. compared to back then. Cause back then a lot of it had to do with, you know, the way that games were looked at as an art form and as a marketing right. tool for a lot of things. And then keep in mind, like a lot of people back then that just didn't understand games the way that they do now, especially like people like yeah. Sean Connery or, or Roger Moore, even back then, like it's just a lot of stuff. with it. Yeah. Game gaming was gaming was a huge industry, but it's not like it is today. I mean, yeah, they're totally it's not as respected as it is now. Yeah. Who's your, who's your favorite bond? Uh, it, my favorite, because it's hard, because my bond is Pierce Brosnan, because that's the bond I grew up with. Right. Even though I know Sean Connery is the GOAT, and he's always right. been the GOAT. One who I always thought was like really highly underrated, and it's not even his fault, uh, Richard Dalton. Well, was it Dalton? Timothy Dalton. Timothy, Timothy Dalton. I said Richard Dalton. Yeah. Timothy Dalton, because I feel like he had some really good elements to his bond that just get yeah. overshadowed by everything else. He was actually supposed to be the bond for Goldeneye, and they were supposed to yeah. do it a couple years. There, and I kind of look at it now, and I'm like, yeah, Timothy Dalton would have been really good my favorite bond is uh is actually roger moore is i don't roger know what moore? it is i don't know i, 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 I look I, at him I, as I a just, funny bond he's a funny know. Bond, but he's a classy stylish yeah bond. like i don't know why i just i just i've just always it's just he's always and, and the I, funny I, thing is there's no right answer to this because everybody no. like debates about this all the time it's like the cool thing about yeah. all the different bonds unlike like all the different batmans and like a lot of other people that right. play superman so all the different bonds have something unique and like awesome about right. them that makes them stand out from their era like, cause Sean yeah. Connery, you can say what you want. Sean Connery started the role, but he did so many movies as Bond right. that that did stuff for that character that actually were like uh, things that started off that bled over into the other Bonds afterwards, right. like that. Yeah. But then you can say the same thing about Roger Moore. Roger Moore, I felt like he was not only the funny Bond where he had a good sense of humor, but he was all about class. And then right. Dalton was a little bit more brutal, the brutality of Bond from the Ian Fleming books. And then Pierce Brosnan is like a blending of like everything, right. but made for the nineties, like that right. type of Bond. Like it was just so many, so many yeah. good things. And some of the guys who've done more, you know, they have good movies and like bad movies. Like not all of Sean Connor, Connery's movies. Bond oh movies no, he's got stinkers. Like, he's got. He, I mean, he's got Thunderball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dying of the Day to me is like it's like absolute trash. But mm -hmm. I still, I still think, and I, you know, some people will say, oh, it's because you guys are gamers, you're fans of the game. But I still argue to this day that Gold Knight is the best Bond movie. I think it's. I think it is the like a lot of Bond movies. When you sort of look at things like some of them have like some things that like some aspects that are really good. Like sometimes the gadgets are are too over the top. Sometimes yeah. the gadgets aren't are just like are too basic. It's like no yeah. bond. And so I I still to this day I feel like Gold Knight is like the perfect blend. It's like a good of, medium. Like yeah it. it, yeah it's the good medium of everything. And it's Pierce Brosnan's first one, and he's like just so, oh he knocks it out the park. He's, he's so he is a dope movie. Bond in that movie. Yeah. Like he's like he's good. I think he's he got better. In, he's good. Yeah, he's good in his three movies, and then Die yeah. Another Day was just like, it's just like, bleh. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like yeah, it's just, Halle Berry's not a Bond girl. It's like I'm out, you know. Like, but uh, <laughs> Halle, I'm not just Halle Berry. She's just not uh, a Bond girl. We love I mean, Halle Berry is, out but... here, but but like that movie, you guys got to understand, they got Madonna to do the the music for, which wouldn't be a big deal. But then she wanted a part in the movie. Is like, come on now, like yeah. this is becoming more of a marketing movie than it is a Bond movie. Yeah. Ugh crazy crazy okay all right well hey man though that's great so much fun talking to you glad we gotta Thank glad you. we gotta make this happen so much fun so hey where, where can people find you on the internet 
I am literally everywhere. You could find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Jake James Lugo, because I know YouTube is using the tags now. You can find me on Twitter at Jake James Lugo. You can find me on TikTok at Jake James Lugo. I'm also on Instagram at Jake James Lugo as well. And then you could also find me on Patreon, patreon.com slash Jake James Lugo. I put exclusive content on there that you're not going to find on YouTube or anywhere else, but I also give early access to a lot of my stuff, a lot of my video reviews, a lot of my other content. I'm posting literally almost every day on TikTok at this point. I'm posting all the time on Twitter and on, on uh, Instagram, like sharing stuff around. It just keeping the conversation about games going with everybody all over the place. So check yeah. it out, follow on there, show some love. And again, trust me, you'll find something that you'll get a kick out of. Yeah, no, it's great. You're doing, you're, I, you know, you're doing new stuff, you're doing retro stuff, all the stuff. It's abs, abs, absolutely great. So awesome. Awesome. So mm -hmm. much fun. Glad, glad we could make this happen. So of course, guys, yeah. remember you can, you can find me anywhere on the internet at super gains bros. And of course, right here on the box trick podcast. So with that, as always, guys, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.